0: All right. Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, from Frozen and Carbonate. And I'm joined this week by Patrick Cagongo and Mike Munzenreiter. This week, we're Euro Step In. We'll be talking about the CPH 2021, the most glorious celebration of skating in the beautiful Danish city of Copenhagen. But first, we're going to dip to Barcelona. Tyler surrey has got a brand new part, Vagando. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Filmed by the one and only Gustav Tonneson. Mike, what was your take on the latest offering from this master lensman and master technician?
1: Tyler Suri has been very good at skateboarding for a long time, and I dare say he's very underrated. And I think he's the type of skater that a lot of other skaters aspire to be. But in so many ways, especially in this part where it's like the most tasteful spot slash tech spot oriented tech skating that you could think of, it like aligns absolutely perfectly with my taste so um, he's basically bulletproof in my eyes. He's the skater skaters want to be yet he's untouchable just because like he doesn't overdo anything he's extremely technically sound he can switch flip board slide front board slide a handrail and a part and that's his only rail trick and then his last trick is just an absolute banger when you kind of get the pan back after after he does it Um, oh yeah
0: very very photogenic trick.
1: Yeah, he's just an incredibly sound skateboarder who's also insanely good. Uh, did I get anything wrong there, Patrick?
2: No, you didn't. And I think I love the fact that there are skaters who are rediscovering Barcelona because there's also Blake Johnson who skates for Santa Cruz who's been living in Barcelona mm. for a minute. And I think he's talked about it in interviews, maybe trying to be part-time in the US, part-time in Barcelona. But I think because of COVID and also because of travel restrictions and just the fact that Barcelona is an amazing city if you want to be focused on skating. If you want to party, it will swallow you whole. We have talked about that several times on this pod before. And it looks like he's focused on skating. And it's kind of wild, too, because I was thinking about this while preparing for the show today about how it almost seemed like when Skate Mafia first came out, it almost seemed like, what the hell is Skate Mafia? Is this some sort of joke? And With as, ti- as time that goes m- With the eight <laughs> as so time stupid. goes by, like I feel like <laughs> there's a lot of corny things about San Diego. Skate Mafia is not one of them. Like, respect to that crew and the amount of footage and the quality of skaters that are coming out of that that whole that whole orbit. Like this is awesome. Like I think that he kind of reminds me a little bit of Mark Suchu, but a little bit more relaxed. Like Mark Suchu seems a bit uptight. Skate wise, do do you see my note? It says "cool sushi?"
1: Question mark.
2: <laughs> I'm not saying the dude is not cool. I mean, sushi's a he seems like a like a an interesting fella, and definitely somebody who would be great to talk books or newspapers with. But like, this guy seems like I think it's also the music, and also honestly, like four minutes is a perfect length for a part, and this is exactly what we needed. Um, and Gustav, who knew, not only is he a great lensman. Also, he edited this, so the man's got the vision. We we should talk about that.
0: Yeah, like we've uh, I think we've mentioned it on this podcast before. The triple threat with the filming, with the editing, with the skating. But uh, yeah, this phenomenon of you know skaters just migrating to Barcelona and just staying there. You got Blake Johnson. You got this guy Tyler. You got fellow skate mafia homie uh, Stephen Lawyer. There's probably like dozens more. It's pretty tight. It kind of reminds me of in the 1920s. There was what I guess the Lost Generation they call it. like all those writers that were like, "Fuck this, Amer- America's cut. We're moving to Paris. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're just gonna do our shit there." Pretty much what they did. Like you know, I mean, you can skate in America, but you know what I mean. You gotta if you're a ledge technician or a ledge virtuoso like this guy, you know what I mean. You got you gotta go where. The food is, you know. True. And like, you know, and uh I, yeah, I've been a fan of this guy pretty much ever since escape Skate Mafia and video, which was like in 2007 or whatever. He's been around that like, long. Something like that, dude. Skate Yeah, it's kind of hard to triangulate because Skate Mafia's videos all have the same title. It's like Skate Mafia Video 2013, Skate Mafia Video 2014. But um yeah, it might be the most underrated it, it, that's of the, the past one... few
1: years. Is that the you one made, where you make a case. that's the one where Wes Kramer skates to Troy, right?
0: Around there, around that time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it, it is crazy when you start thinking about how long some of these Skate Mafia bedrock guys have been around. Mm-hmm. And Patrick, I agree with you that like Skate Mafia, number eight, with like <laughs> little shady dude in a hat, that's their <laughs> logo, right? That, that's incorporated. I might be making that up. It doesn't matter. It's it it it's in it's really cool how well it works in a lot of ways that still are kind of like incomprehensible. But I mean, it is just output. It's staying true to what they've always been. It's like this unchanging VX like hip hop randomness, San Diego. But then it like somehow pers- like perfectly visually translates to Barcelona. All these spots Tyler Suri skating that we haven't seen before. I hands ha- uh, hats off to Dan Connolly. The skate mafia boss for uh, what he's done and in- the yeah. underboss of the yeah oh is he the
0: underboss <laughs> I, don't, I don't know he might, I don't know if he's the the don or whatever He's the don or whatever in the mafia structure he's one of the top guys but uh, yeah
1: oh yeah one last thing one last thing it uh, I I do feel like skate mafia isn't like a direct descendant from troubleshooters which is yes the best of all time
2: oh one of the one of the most awesome videos of that era and. You know, that's what, uh, 98 or 99? I can't remember when that came out. 98, I would guess. Okay. So around that time, you started to see that first wave of American skaters showing interest in Barcelona. So what's the difference between the folks who went then and what's happening now with Tyler Surrey and Blake Johnson?
0: I think like, well, just right off the bat, back then, just based on footage and videos or whatever, they're like, all right, we'll go to Sanz, we'll go to Machba. We'll go to what was that place like the Fondo with like those marble banks with the benches at the top or whatever you know mm-hmm. yeah three to five spots right so so Fondo's gone Machba's like you know it's it's his thing but it's kind of a little bit played out on the video tip but Gustav obviously I mean it's plain to see this guy knows every fucking nook and cranny and rock in Barcelona so, so. well yeah so you end up with spots at you've never seen before, you know, I mean, that's like the cliche of Barcelona, like, Oh, there's a skate, five skate spots on every block, but you know, Gustav, like in every video, like the sour videos, pretty much his whole uh, body of work. is like, all right, well, let's see what, you know, what really is, uh, is in this city. You know what I mean? What can we make work that have seen before? Yeah. And like w- when they work together, you know what I mean? It makes Tyler's skating more like literally avant-garde, like that thing with the, uh, with the trampoline,
1: that's fantastic. What,
0: but yeah, have fast, awesome. Well, first of all, what park or whatever just has a trampoline in the middle of the in the middle of the street or whatever? Or I don't know. Little it's little.
2: Barcelona. They have are <laughs> the forward fuck thinking. Is in, that dude? <laughs> Barcelona, it, Barcelona. is forward thinking in city planning. I think. Also, I think back at back in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was probably people were probably just hyped to have a spot as good as Macba, and it oh, was yeah. it was also the the tail end of the big plaza chill-out era. So you had love was in full effect. Uh, Pier 7 was kind of on the wane at the time and carrying the torch for uh, Justin Herman Plaza. You know, in DC, DC was having that, a second wave with Freedom Plaza. Uh, it was still pretty much a bust, but there was a decent amount of footage that was starting to come out of there in the early 2000s. So I think that maybe that attraction to MACBA was an extension of just what was happening in the rest of skate culture here in the U.S. And that, especially now that it's much, much, much easier to to make videos, it's much easier to make skate content in general. People might hit that fast forward button if you show, oh, great, another clip at Machba. There's a million. There's a whole Instagram. There's multiple Instagram accounts that are dedicated to legacy and current Makba footage. So I think that the circumstances have really forced people to start. Uh, stepping outside their comfort zone to start combing the city, combing the the nearby suburbs, and also, I mean, it just seems a bit silly to stick to one spot like that in 2021. You you go to the first wave of Barcelona. Well, here I'll start here. Like this video part and other
1: stuff related to it is interesting because it's like post boom or anti boom Barcelona skating in that. I bet Tyler Suri and Gustav never skate at Machba because that place is oh no. That place is played. And it, I mean, it's kind of cheesy right now. That That's my opinion of it. You know, it's like people loke out there and a lot of good skaters do a lot of cool stuff there. And then there's also a lot of like kooky tricks that you see go down. And that's just like the nature of skating. Skaters, as much as we want to think that we're these free thinkers, um, there's also a lot of group think. And that's why everybody was skating the same seven half dozen spots in in Barcelona, especially when they were bus free. I mean, that must have been amazing. So
2: is there even a point of having like a group chat for, let's say you live in Barcelona as you and a bunch of friends, do you even need to do a group chat and say like, yo, we meeting at Makba today? Or do you just be like, I'll just roll up at 12 and somebody will be there? Oh, I think think three dozen of your best friends are gonna be there. (laughs) I think also the party aspect back in the day, it was, um, you could really wild out in Barcelona in the late 90s, early 2000s, and a lot of pros did. And it definitely caused some it definitely caused some problems. You know, people lost sponsors, apartments got trashed, you know, video parts ended up becoming ended up being rather underwhelming. And yeah, it, it seems like there's um it's a good place to go if you are the disciplined type of sponsored skater that seems to be the type that's going to Barcelona in 2021. One other thing that comes to mind is that, you know. Macbeth is hard to skate because of the number of people who just post up, you know, plaza culture in Spain, all over Spain, but particularly in Catalonia and Barcelona is the capital of Catalonia. Uh, Plaza culture came as a big part of the rebellion after the end of the Franco dictatorship. After Franco died in 1975, people were just hanging out. People were out just to be out, drinking, smoking, and kicking it. That was very much Spanish youth culture, starting in the late 70s, and there's still a lot of elements of that. And so, like a place like Macba, you know, the skaters post up and chill, but then so does everybody who lives in the neighborhood. And that can be a real challenge because, you know, how many times are you going to go up to somebody and be like, yo, can you move, please? Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, uh, you've seen the footage. Like, I don't know. I think it was Javier Sarmiento. Mm-hmm. And he was skating there. And yep. there was literally like 200 people sitting on the ledge. And he did the trick like on the whatever, the five feet or six feet that no one was sitting on on the very like end of the ledge that everyone skates. It was it was crazy. I would have freaked out. Yeah. And left. It, I don't know.
2: <laughs> by contrast, like people aren't posting or – People were not posting up like that at Love Park in those numbers unless it was like a major holiday, like a Fourth of July or something like
0: that. Oh, they had the St. Patrick's Day parade, of course.
2: Yeah, but (laughs) (laughs) that's a good day to stay home. And the weather in Philly that time of year, it's like it's hit or miss.
0: But uh, yeah, Love Park, just, you know, thinking back to the few times I skated there, like maybe in the summertime, there'd be some people hanging out there. But like in the wintertime, there was, you know very very few civilians there on a regular basis just because it was kind of like the middle of center city you know what I mean just like any big city in America it's pretty much
2: dead during non-business hours so. yeah which is yeah. super frustrating
0: yeah yeah, that's a big difference between I guess European or Spanish culture in particular and American culture
1: for sure I, I want to make sure that uh, we give Gustav Tonus a, a couple more props because I, when I was watching the video it's like the filming is so on point and then it's also, I don't know. There's a there's a lot of like equity in a skater filming another skater. Not that you know there aren't plenty of good lensmen out there, lensmen and women. But Gustav like has its pacing and its rhythm, and I think it really shows. And then when you go to the editing side, I don't know. There's so many establishment shots and unneeded cuts and B-roll and this and that. It's yeah, I'm not like a BX fetishist, but I might be a little old school. Just in that, like, you can tell you can tell a story with skating to use some dumb phrase like that, <laughs> without all the extra shit in there. You know, you just maybe a cutaway here of Tyler Suri smiling, and otherwise, it's all just the skating.
0: Yeah, there's there's no lifestyle footage. There's no kooky locals or whatever seeing like wacky shit or whatever. Nope. You know, it's just like boom. This is, you know that song it kind of flows well with the skating you, yeah it does kind of have like a, a rhythm that's a, a, definitely a quality that i recall from his other from his uh, other aspects of his body of
2: work all so, right
0: yeah good point
2: hard hitting question better skater behind the camera brian panabianco or gustav can gustav do a vario heel while filming with the vx
0: Pretty sure,
1: pretty yeah. sure he could.
2: Man, he could manage.
1: I'll, I'll man do respect that. to Penn Bianco, but Gustav's just ridiculous.
2: I gotta see it though. I think that's is that going to be the new filmer
1: challenge? He'll like switch backside flip to manual, a little curb, and like keep this skater in frame
2: while they <laughs> holding the X. Oh goodness, that's so good! Yeah, shout out to Brian Penn Bianco. Yeah, that's, shout out to Penn. Yeah, ben. yeah.
0: Uh, legend.
2: Yeah,
1: that 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 clip in the DC
2: sabotage vid is dope and that that whole video is dope so actually i mean because like we're kind of like uh we're we're going in an interesting direction here because it feels like there is a reverence for that late 90s early 2000s era now that seems bigger than when it was happening we were all skating then and it was cool but now it seems like it seems holy like that can't just be nostalgia that, you know, because you could just stop at some big pants and some DCs, but so much of that vibe, that aesthetic is still coming through in a lot of skating right now. What is it? Without the nostalgia factor, I'm of the
1: opinion that it does look cool. Skating in baggy shit, and weird pants or weird shoes, etc.
2: Like that looks cool. Is it timeless? Is that, is that what it is? is it, are, are we admitting that like that arrow is timeless? It's not just, uh, it's not just us looking back on our, our, our halcyon days?
0: Well, I mean, just like taking the timeline away from it, you could say, and um, Alves said in, you know, I interviewed him for quarter snacks for that pants article feature, you know, that just like skating with baggy stuff aesthetically looks cooler because it kind of flows. You have something kind of flowing behind you when you skate, kind of like when a used to have used to wear like three t-shirts and like tuck a t-shirt. And it was short, so it was kind of like a uh, like a plume or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you know? I mean, you can make a case that just aesthetically, all other things aside, it looks cooler, you know? And just, just like con- contrast with the other shit that was going on at the time with like the, you know, bar your sister's jeans, plus some like puffy like etnies or whatever, you yeah. know? Just just aesthetics, you know? Skating, a big part of skating is aesthetics.
2: I mean... Does that mean that uh, the super tight pants is going to come back or was that like, uh, are are people going to look back and be like, eh, maybe that's something we'll leave from back. We'll, we'll take the big shoes, though.
1: I, I feel like we've been waiting for the super big pants to come or excuse me, strike that super tight pants to come back. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to cycle that way. I mean, of course, I can be completely wrong based on, you know, what happens with the youths and the Internet. but. Does it, doesn't it seem like that shit would have cycled back already?
0: Yeah. I mean, people have been saying, oh, you know, like, on the they're like, oh, you know, the nostalgia cycle. The next thing is going to be, like, you need know, borrowing your mom's jeans from her closet or whatever. Pirate shirts. Yeah, pirate shirts. But <laughs> it ain't happened yet. It ain't happening. So I mean, maybe people have collected – you know, there's all types of their shit going on, like weird pants with patches and shit.
2: Oh, you know? you're right. And, oh, that, you, I think I know what it is. I think that because skinny jeans – Still haven't quite died out of mainstream culture. It hasn't crossed right. back into skating because, like, all the rappers been wearing skinny jeans, which is so wild because, man, I used to catch so much heat uh, living in Petworth in DC for wearing tight pants for ages. And then it was like a light switch. Remember one summer, all of a sudden, all the homies were wearing tight pants. Like, no, no, like, tall tees still, but tight pants. It was kind of weird. <laughs> But oh, the t- oh, bro, the fucking the tall T plus tight pant era. Oh
1: man,
2: <laughs> <You know? laughs> what the hell was that, dude? I, I <laughs> dark, the, a dark time, dark time. But you know, <laughs> putting my product manager hat on, it's iteration, you know, we're experimenting and ir- iterating with fashion. And that was just one of those things that didn't work out. Like, it just, God, it did not look fly. It yeah, looked, I mean, <laughs> it looks so bad. But, but yeah, like, you know, tight pants are like this, like. Something about them is sticking. Like, baggy pants are back. And it's weird, too, because, like, also, like, think about, it, like, all the old heads. Remember, like, they're all the, it was all the older men in their, fo- like, late 30s, early 40s, early 2000s. Like, man, I'm never wearing skinny jeans. Those guys are all wearing skinny jeans now. Mm-hmm. And they're not too far. Like, they're like how are you going to be rocking skinny jeans? And you hip-hop, and you're not too far from a pension. Come on, man. Your time was 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, I mean... Not going to, you know, uh, full disclosure, I mean, I'll wear some APCs or whatever if I'm like Going out, or you know, I mean, you can wear wear with a blazer or whatever. Or oh no, cool. you can't
2: be wearing baggy pants with a blazer. That's <laughs> you know, that, that's that's one of those terrible. Like, y'all Maybe ever look at? Should be man, just push the limit. <laughs> have y'all ever looked at those uh, red carpet uh, red carpet look back Instagram accounts or previously Tumblr, and they show the fits that people were rocked to movie premieres, and then oh yeah. Ones. Oh, yeah was i know what
0: you're talking about that was ridiculous
2: dog like, <laughs> were there no stylists in hollywood at the time i was like who let you dress like this it's always like
1: uh joey lawrence wearing the craziest <laughs> outfit oh yo
2: <laughs> yo he, although he would probably be a style icon in 2021 they'd be like yo like i love the flannel around the waist with the tank top and the the ripped jeans that's so that's
1: wild b <laughs> I, I, you know what? I've never understood ripped jeans. Oh, you get
2: never clowned understood. for ripped jeans. Like, you wear them around the wrong folks. Like, they would be like, what? <laughs> you can't afford new pants. You get cooked wearing ripped jeans around the wrong people, they, real talk. They used to,
0: they used to have, I don't even know if this is a real product slash service, but they used to have ads in like the back of like Metal Maniacs or whatever for like shotgun jeans. Like, they would take jeans and shoot them, literally shoot them with a shotgun and be like, here. Here's your ripped jeans. Well, that was that was in the height of like like uh kind of like club the ninety ninety one like that weird like Vanilla Ice like club MTV fucking era. Yeah,
2: which was an ill time, but <laughs> it was ill.
0: I wish I yeah yeah I wish I could have gone to the limelight or whatever in that era. <laughs> that would have been sick. Just like yeah, ripped, ripped jeans were just kind of like a rock and roll thing, and then like people started wearing those like jeans with like the I don't know what. Like the with the ri- pre ripped or whatever with the ribs, like the horizontal rips.
2: Yeah, like oh. all the way down. It's like you buying that for Bloomingdale's and Macy's, like for real, it. like you're paying like a like hundred bucks in 1993 for some ripped jeans. But where were we? Oh, we were talking about, Most drive uh, might we're talking be about... like
1: the skinny jean, ripped jean. <laughs> Just had to put that on the record.
2: Oh, yeah. Also, I mean, like, then I got to put this on the record. Uh, pre distressed <laughs> jeans are terrible for the environment. The amount of sandblasting and waste oh that comes from creating ripped or distressed jeans, it's so bad for the environment. So, keep your shit fresh, yo. Come on. <laughs> but no. Does that, inc- does that include acid wash? The acid yeah. and a- acid wash? Jeans are just in general are bad for the environment because in a lot of factories that manufacture those jeans, um, they let the wastewater go back into the um, go back into the groundwater. It just is released off from the factory, and it's a very difficult. um, It's difficult to have the conversation about uh, raising environmental standards with the production of clothing. It's just incredibly hard, and the supply chain is so diverse. It's spread out across multiple countries. You know, even the shipping is you know awful for the environment. So it's a whole other conversation. But just like, if you're gonna do one thing for the for the planet this year, other than plant a tree, just like don't buy pre-distressed.
1: All, all I can think about are those Wenning Brian Wenning DC video jeans that I think he debuted in Barcelona. Like he wore some crazy jeans in that video. Oh my! He did it for the culture.
0: Like, like oh yeah, with like like super ripped, like over the heel, like doing switch heel flips. With well like, yeah yeah, they <laughs> the were like over the heel. That was ill dude. That was sick. Well,
1: but they were like the the discoloration. I don't even know how to describe it anymore. <laughs> They're, it's seared into my memory. And then he's got like. Yeah, the stirrup over the links, like, and he has
2: that one clip in the board shorts, that was dope. That's so wild. But you oh, know Oh, am Miami. But that was uh, you know, Wenning was Wenning was one of those people who killed it in Barcelona. Had too good of a time, but he he killed it. So, like going back to Tyler Surrey, you know, it seems like him, Blake Johnson and a whole bunch of other folks are going to continue to to live out that dream. Um I guess the question is though, you know, especially cuz Skateboarding is still heavily, heavily centered around California, The most of the the global industry is here. Yeah, it's diversified. Yes, yeah, skating is worldwide. But what's the next step he could take? I think he's
1: going to stay there, man. I, it, like, you were talking about partying earlier. And I think the thing that makes it work for guys like Tyler Suri is, and Gustav Tonneson, they're skate rats. Like, they, they're there because it's dope. And I think, I don't know. I'd see him there. Maybe he'll go up to Copenhagen, live there for a little bit, see what he can get.
0: May hey, sounds like a plan. Yeah. Nice transition and, there. Yeah. And with that, going to hop on the URL, go up to Copenhagen for our next topic, specifically the Copenhagen, what do you call it? Copenhagen Open? CPH. CPH, yeah. Copenhagen Open. CPH was initially launched at Co- as Copenhagen Pro in 2007. It's just become an annual can't miss event for the international skateboarding elite and crowds from all, all over the globe. This is the first big time chill out session skating since COVID nineteen hit in March twenty twenty. Patrick, did you overdose from FOMO
2: during Copenhagen weekend? Dog, I've been furious watching these <laughs> clips on Instagram. I it's it's killing me. It just looks like so much fun because it's been ages the Olympics should have been this, but it never would have been because not everybody was going to be able to get to Japan. Like, this is the ultimate alternative. I mean, it's open containers and universal health care. Like, a bunch of the new cats uh, were holding down, like uh, Patrick Promen, who just got on Real earlier this year. Charlotte Him, who I just found out about through the Olympics, and she was killing it. Oski, um, who, to keep it funky, was in much better form than he was at Tokyo 2020 um obviously ishad Etor da silva uh, oh my god like and not just the skating the skating was the skating was sick but also just like you could feel the vibe you could it's almost like you could smell the smells like mike like i mean you got to do some traveling with the family you were out in montana but you know did at any time did you get a like a little phone Did did you did, did the You just wish that you could just sneak away and just like crush some beers on the street while riding a bicycle <laughs> oh man
1: uh, the short answer is yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I wasn't keeping too good a track of Instagram stories, basically. But I did catch, like, uh, Brianna Gehring and, like, that whole girl squad. And, yeah, I mean, it looks like about as much fun as you could have. I realized preparing for, for the show today, like, almost exactly a decade ago. I was in Copenhagen. I got to tag along on an Etnies trip out there. I was supposed to write a, the skateboard mag story about it, but there weren't enough photos. So I just kind of helped with the web thing and all that. And um, I've been thinking about Copenhagen and skating there and just like the vibes there for about yeah 10 years ever since I was there. It's great. I'm trying to remember which beer you drink. It tastes so good there. I mean, the Heinekens are good there, but...
0: Is it like Cronenberg or something?
1: Yes. Thank you. Er. Carlsberg is a French Google. beer. Still good though. It starts with a K. Hmm. Copenhagen beer. He googles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it just—it just looks like so much fun and Carlsberg. Oh, Carlsberg. Oh, Carlsberg. Carlsberg. Hell yeah.
1: Carlsberg. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. All—all all those beers are so much better over there. That like you know just European lager or whatever. It, it's funny. I went to a bunch of places. It's the only time I've ever been to Europe, and I don't have like. The distinct memories of Copenhagen except for a couple very specific ones but like the vibe in that city is dope um, a bunch of guys wanted to go to Christiania which is kind of a crazy enclave that I butchered its name but I don't know I think I think the place is uniquely suited to holding skateboarders in a contest and making it look as amazing as it does sorry
0: over the weekend i was trying to construct some type of narrative from the various instagram stories and hard posts and twitter the main thing that i took away from twitter was carl akins tweeted quote i'm having the best time of my fucking life end quote <laughs> so <laughs> that pretty much captures it um yeah like th- they had that contest with the like some type of railroad track that was for like a death race what do you call that thing speed race death race gumball i don't know yeah it was some, where they kind of just skate around in a circle and then like the last person standing texas wins death match.
2: yeah something
0: something something like that no i think the texas death match was where there's like a mini ramp and like yeah, 20 yeah. people yeah 20
2: oh that was uh, like a mini ramp thing yeah was, from
0: jim's from jim's ramp jam shout out yeah to you. 20 if i remember correctly
1: that's just yeah me. yeah is it, like, like within a confined space and it's just, you know, last last skater standing?
0: Yeah, something like I that. I
1: Dime might have originated that. Mm. Yeah,
0: so maybe so. So, like, there was that that contest, which is, seemed like an official contest. Then there was another contest where, I guess, apparently probably went around to a bunch of spots and, like, whoever did the best line there wins. I think Danny LeBron, like, showed out a little bit with that. Ooh. That's one difference, but, I mean, uh, duh. I mean, like, one difference between... You know Copenhagen, in America. If you try to do something like that here, at least you know in the city I live in. They'd call the you know the SWAT team. Oh my god! Cops call the everywhere. SWAT team in, like calling the uh, calling the art you know the armored personnel carriers. And <laughs> I mean, like
2: I mean, like y'all get, <laughs> get arrested.
0: <laughs> yeah, like like it like for example, the ledge spot here. They just started you know we're on the street is. They just started giving out five hundred dollar tickets. Five hundred bucks. Just res- res- five hundred bucks in this economy. Oh, just for just for skating a uh, just for skating a marble bench. So. I
1: thought we were talking about stagflation, man. That's a inflated <laughs> <Stagflation>. ticket, <yo. laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, that's a I'll
1: tell you.
2: You skip one ticket like that. Next thing you know, you got a bench warrant, and then it's like boom. <laughs> you know, yeah, you get picked up for who knows what the following week or however many. No, not the following week. You're not going to bench warrant immediately, but you know, you get picked up six months, seven months down the line. You've forgotten about that ticket, or you said I'm not going to pay it. Next thing you know. Bum, bum, bum. But yeah, like, is there, you know, like Dime has done this with the Glory Challenge in Montreal, and Montreal is a million miles away at this point, especially because of COVID. But is there any American city where you could pull off something like this? Like, I'm talking, and I'm sure there must be some coordination with the city because I imagine that CPH can get a little bit or a lot hectic. I mean, like, the Instagram, I think people are a little bit smarter about what they put out on social, but. I get the feeling that there was some people out there while in. <laughs> but is there any American city where, A, you could put something like this on with minimal hassle, and, B, you'd be able to replicate this type of fun?
0: Man, I don't know. Man, like, New Orleans, Like, New Orleans, Vegas? Uh, Vegas is OD hot. Yeah, <laughs> Vegas yeah. is, like, man, I, I don't know. But, like you said, like, it makes sense that they probably – had some type of, you know, coordination with the city because the city seems to be pro skateboarding from all accounts, right? Like they build those like skate spots that aren't really parks, but it's like some perfect banks, like in the middle of a park, you know, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? So, I mean, the city is, you know, from everything I read and seen, you know, pro
2: skateboarding. Yeah, there's that ledge spot that Tialti likes to skate a lot. That place looks really, really oh yeah. there's
0: that place where, you know, it's the levels. There's another place like Mm -hmm. Israel Plaza or whatever. And I mean, the city government or whatever officials, they're smart because I mean, you know, more people coming to Copenhagen, there's more money, you know, in the economy or whatever. You know what I mean? It makes yeah. sense.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, I think just like everybody some, wins. Some good old Danish vibes play into it. I remember, um, pretty sure it was a group of like little skate school kids because the skate school is there. Is it in a Malmo?
0: I, th- I think it's in Malmo. It's in Malmo. But that's,
1: that's right over the bridge. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, yeah. Effectively effectively twin cities right there right, i remember right, sure. we were we're rolling on like you know pedestrian plaza out at night and i know they were four little skate school dudes like 13 14 piss drunk it's not an apple store but it's got the glass facade like that and they just drop their pants and they're pissing on it. <laughs> like right you know it's it's dark it's the summer so it's late summer so it's probably like 10 30 but it's not like nobody's out Kids are just pissing on the window and they run off. And, it you know, nobody bats an eye. I think that, you know, culturally, as we probably all know, um, the United States listeners to this thing, like, you just can't get away with
2: that much fun in the United States. No. <laughs> Even when we were younger, it, it was like a hassle. I mean, and there's always this kind of, especially, you know, growing up in the U.S., you would look at European skateboarding and this, would just... You'd be awestruck. We've talked about the Europe competitions, uh, you know, like Lausanne in Switzerland, Radlands in England, that one year they did Wembley where we get the term Eurogap, or over there they call it the Wembley Gap. Obviously, the Munster competition, it just looks so cool, but especially when you see stuff like... But the thing is, you never saw stuff like this in the 1990s. It was mostly contest footage. Maybe here or there you'd see videos. And Matt Price, who we had on the show um, some months ago, And, you know, he explained that a lot of the photographers who went over there have tons of footage and the videographers have tons of, excuse me, the photographers have tons of photos that have never been seen and that the videographers have tons of footage. And it would have been amazing to see, it, but like, where was it going to go? Whereas now, thanks to social media, thanks to YouTube, there's a repository for it. So we get to see what kind of fun it was. And it must have been, it must have been crazy in the mid-1990s especially, like, some of the teams that are getting to go over there are our, our beloved Menace, like, when Menace went over and were, when Menace uh. went over there and they were treated like, they were greeted like kings when they went to Germany because everybody loved them. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, to-
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, they've told the, they've told the stories about going over there and, you know, riding the trains, staying in, like, fancy hotels and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, that, those tales have been told, like, chapter and verse, like, it's crazy. But it's weird, like, in the 90s, like, all we got from Europe was, like, you know, contest footage, maybe like the they started the Europe ninety five videos. Yep, you know what I mean to uh consolidate all that stuff. But yeah. we really didn't see like street footage. Like, there's maybe a little like South Bank. You know what I mean in mm-hmm. a four one one Euro like Super
1: Euro Tour that seemed to be yeah of, Super
0: uh, Euro Tour was like big. they got
1: some some street stuff, but that that was even sparing. Though I do remember like the Big Brother. Article about maybe the second one that really got into just how hard those dudes were wiling out.
0: Like, <laughs>
1: oh yeah, the DC G- Super Tour. Yeah, Legends L- Soma. <laughs> still don't know what Soma actually is, but
3: I think it's like
2: a
0: muscle relaxer or something. Yeah,
2: the DC yeah. Super Tour. Yo, we need an oral history of that. That would be the <laughs> ultimate. Because everyone's still alive, right?
0: Uh, except for yeah, except for hard recipes. Keep But um. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Around, like, 97, it started to trickle out. Like, you got some Hotel de Ville footage from, you know, from Jean Baptiste. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then, like, you got a little bit of Barcelona footage from Enrique and maybe RVD2, all that shit. So, yeah, it started to trickle out. And, you know.
2: 411 World Report. Yeah. 411 World Report. But it was just a trickle. You didn't get to see – you didn't get to see – and also, was there any other, was there any other instance where you'd have pros, sponsored skaters in general, just kind of chilling, like, actually, not even chilling, like, whiling with the general public at this scale? Man, yeah, I
0: can't, dude, yeah, I can't think of anything in America.
2: Because, I mean, you know, like, like what a, what a hell of a summer it's been. And it's weird, like, with all that worry about the Olympics, all that debate, all that, you know, hemming and hawing about it, like. this looks even more fun. Like, the Olympics is never gonna... The Olympics is the... Maybe, just maybe Paris, maybe LA, probably LA. You'll probably get a lot of people just, like, showing up to hang out. But not like this. I don't even think it's anywhere in LA where you could get down like this without somebody calling the cops.
1: I mean, it's it's just the proof that, like, skateboarding shall, for the foreseeable future, remain the wonderful... Somewhat chaotic, anti-social, anti-civilization, wonderful thing that we all love it, it to be. I don't, I don't know. That's that's not the best description I could have come up with. But I, I do think... Uh, I think the technical term is skating, at least for the time being, is unfuckwittable. And uh, that, like, CPH is our, is our proof.
2: Yeah, and, like, this started off as a contest. Like, how did this... Oh, it started in 2007. So then, I mean... You know, the global financial crisis was, there were already rumblings of it in 2007. By 2008, you know, uh, it was, the global economy was on a collision course. I wonder if that has anything to do with its transition from being a regular old contest to being Copenhagen, cool out, while out session, insert year afterwards. But this seems like so much more fun than any contest. Or any regular contest where, because I think The Border is involved with this, and uh, The Border is going to be doing a bunch of stuff for uh, Harold Hunter week um, starting this weekend in New York. Um, So they do a lot of really cool. Oh, yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, those guys do run the contest there.
2: Yeah, like they do. So they do a lot of activations because there's something so. You saw it with the Olympics, you see it with the X Games, you see it with Street League. You're just like, okay, cool. But, you know, it seems like people are there to work. Like here, people are just like, I'm going to go crush some beers and smoke something I'm going to (laughs) regret.
0: Actually, come to think of it, the one thing in America that semi reminds me of Copenhagen, like a snippet was after the last street league in Salt Lake City, like a bunch of the dudes out there, I guess, put out, you know, the bat signal on Instagram. Like, hey, you know, we're playing skate. We're having this big, like, you know, game of skate thing in a park, some parking lot in downtown Salt Lake City after Street League, you know what I mean, come through. And a bunch of dudes came, actually came through, like Niger, um Louis Lopez, maybe Shane O'Neill, a couple other dudes. So, and they were like, you know what I mean? They're playing skate with locals. There was like hundreds of people, like, in a big circle. So that was pretty tight. I think if yeah. you search for it on Instagram, shout out to homie Steven out there.
2: Salt Lake City. Uh, Salt Lake City, yeah, like the polar opposite of Copenhagen. <laughs>
0: yeah, how ironic, eh? Yeah,
2: hey, actually, it's <laughs> Lake City, Salt, Lake, Salt Lake City has a dope scene. Like, dope scene. I mean, I'm not knocking it. It's just like the, you couldn't pick two cities that are, are, are more oh, different. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: In one, you need someone to vouch for you to go into the bar. That's that's an exaggeration, but yeah, the bar the bars in Salt Lake are crazy. Yeah. I, I want to real quick back up the border. Like Mob Maronic and uh, Ryan Clemens with with that. Like, those dudes do get how to put on a good skateboarding event. Interacted with them a lot uh, when they were with Tampa, Skate Park of Tampa, doing Damn Ams in the Twin Cities. And those dudes rip. They want to have as much fun as everybody
2: else at their event. So, okay. So, respect. <laughs> Hard hitting question. Let's say the board is like, hey, mostly skateboarding gang, we need you all to come out to. Copenhagen Open, Copenhagen Open twenty twenty two. What kind of event would we put on? Hmm,
0: okay, just like a rave with a mini ramp or something. I don't know. Back <laughs> <to the day. laughs> Who
2: did? Okay, who's DJ then? Who's
1: DJ? I think you are, Patrick.
0: Who's DJ? Um, <laughs> Patrick. I don't know. Uh, Rock, to con, rock to con maybe. Maybe we can drag him out of retirement and shout out that guy. But uh, I don't know.
2: Johnny J, right?
0: I don't know. Whoever's like a good like
2: house DJ or whatever. Oh, these days f- I'm not up on that scene. Doesn't Palace have like at least two or three DJs in their whole crew?
0: Yeah, like in house. Yeah, they probably like an in house DJ like on on retainer. I thought you so. spun records, Patrick. I do spin records.
2: Yeah. <laughs> See, we got our in house. Okay, so me, but who else? I mean, like uh... Tiesto. Can we get him? Oh, that'd be
3: lit. <laughs> yeah, <fucking> t- <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like T. Well who, might as well, dude. Like fucking Tiesto. Um who's that guy from Philadelphia? The DJ? Fuck, dude. Diplo. Yeah, that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's semi like skate adjacent. So we're just gonna blow all our all our budget
1: on <laughs> DJs.
0: Yeah, have like have like a box or something, like skate a box. He'll, that, that, like, like, like a little flat bank. I mean, what's his face? Uh, like a
1: skippy quarter pipe. That's my
0: contribution. If he's if quarter he cor- pipe.
2: Oh, Rory! Yeah, Rory Millanes from uh from Palace. Get him, get him on the on the ones and twos. But t- actually, t- Tiesto would be super lit. Yeah, like it's like no, we're like it's like and and not ironically either. Like we're we're going for it. Yeah, might might as well you know fuck it. Might as well go for broke. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, okay. So mostly mostly skateboarding presents a rave a full on rave. Full rave. I
0: I I'd have to work on my dancing. I'd have to work on my house music dancing. <laughs> I have a year though so uh could
2: probably put something together that would actually that would probably be really fun i'm, I'm sure there would be people who'd be <laughs> laughing but you know you find the right venue the right space it would be it could be magical i don't know maybe yeah. maybe i don't Just know maybe, <laughs> maybe someone's life would be changed forever that you know on that night yeah no doubt you know they're just like yeah you know they put on uh some marshall jefferson and just i lost my mind (laughs) marshall (laughs) jefferson i don't know just but like i think it's i think it's cool that they it's it feels like more of an activation it's like it's a you know what it is like it's that great 60s term it's it's a happening
0: yeah yeah one it's yeah it's kind of definitely has like kind of hippie like uh vibes like they had this recap last year Of all the and stuff. And there's one part where, like, everyone rode on a train to, like, I don't know if it was Christiana, it might have been Christiana or some other place, you know, just to skate. And there, it was, it seemed like a, uh, something out of, like, yeah, like the 60s or
2: something. It was wow. (laughs) The conductor's just like, oh my God, they don't pay me enough. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hopefully someone will come out with a good recap. Yeah. I wonder who, though, thing from this year. I think, I think it was Red Bull that did it last year.
2: Oh, no, I want, I, want somebody like, I want somebody to do it like how I imagine Big Brother would do it. No holds oh, barred, man. like uncut, raw. Oh, you know what? I can't think of one city where it would be impossible to make this work, but it would probably be the most fun ever, and I think everybody would be down. Miami. Oh, yeah. I'm nodding. Like Miami, like a late summer's night, you know, Hawaiian shirt, tropical vibe theme, something like that, and just be like, just go with it. Yeah, could be. God, that'd be so much fun.
3: Call, uh, I guess af-
0: <laughs> after party at live, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
2: That <laughs> <laughs> place. Skate the synagogue on the
0: late night tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Synagogue rail. Like four thirty in the that, morning. They have that actually. Yeah, actually, Miami has that park, Lot Eleven. That's pretty dope. Like it's on you know under the uh, under the highway or whatever. the place looks sick. I think they have like a pseudo replica of the synagogue rail there. Oh, maybe, maybe, do,
2: yeah, maybe that's what it is. Like, and then you would because there's a basketball court nearby, so you know, you could throw like a, I don't know, like yeah, a little
0: three on three tournament. Oh, yeah.
2: yo, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but there, there you go. You know, it <laughs> just needs a good name. Miami, what right. though? Miami Madness. Miami, uh, Miami uh, uh, my Vice already. Taken.
0: Miami Vice. Miami Vice is like too on the nose. Um, a little too on the nose.
2: Yeah. Maybe get Phil uh, Collins to come out of retirement <laughs> to come and host it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. But in any event, I think you know we can all conclude that we're fucking going to Copenhagen next year, bro. Yep. Yo, I
1: turned I turned
0: forty.
1: Oh, dude. I also turned forty next year. Copenhagen
0: for forty. So that's just it. Saying. We're going. Yeah. Just I'm just sure. You, I'm sure you would be stoked to have uh, a 40th birthday party. Good God, would in I be stoked? Copenhagen. Along those lines, that brings us to the part of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on at the moment. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? This week,
1: I'm stoked that my kids started kindergarten. And Yo, that's huge. It's big. It's huge. It's big. Um, and all of a sudden, her school is in our neighborhood. And today, this very day, I picked her up from school in the bike trailer. And she had a hell of a time. She loved it. She also said, Nobody else is going home in that. And she was hella skeptical until about a block away from school. And she thought it was the greatest. So hopefully I'll be biking while the weather remains good. Man,
0: you're like mentally in Copenhagen already. Dude, I'm trying With the to be, bikes.
1: Trying to be. Also stoked on skating. Dun, dun, dun. An evergreen skate park, skate park. It was in Alberton, Montana. Shout out to kevin look back library he uh he saw my story that i was in missoula and he told me to go to alberton those parks are fun they're not the best they're not the worst i chafe at skate park uh what dialectic no that's the wrong wrong word whatever whatever we whenever we discuss skate parks i feel like discourse thank you i i chafe at skate park discourse (laughs) nobody wins everybody loses most parks are good unless they're the park in Whitefish, Montana. I digress. Alberton was red. And um, the other thing I'm stoked on is that I actually forgot my skateboard for this recent trip to Montana. And uh, my wife was like, why don't you just buy one for the trip? And I was like, you can do that? And so I did. Uh, went to Board of Missoula, a great shop in Missoula, Montana. Picked out a weird Montana pool service board and some Ace trucks. Had a lot of fun. Didn't actually land a flip trick on the board because it was too weird. Trucks too high, wheels too big, tail too weird. But it was good. Wait, Patrick.
0: wait, before we go over to Patrick, Mike. Are you, so are you going to be an ace pilot moving forward?
1: No, I'm. I'm sticking to my thunders on my quote unquote real board for the time you being. Go. I need. I need that high trucks. I have just like I just can't. I just can't do high trucks. But I like the aces. I love how aces truck uh, turn. So. Pilot me to the moon <laughs> with the turns. <laughs> Patrick, what are you stoked on this week?
2: Yo, uh, Lashana Tova, 5782 yes, greetings. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's uh, go. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to everyone who's celebrating. It's uh, at the time of recording. We're coming towards the end of uh, Rosh Hashanah. Uh, stoked on Spitfire wheels. I 'm hyped that uh, France beat Finland. Uh, i 'm also having a good laugh at the fact that uh, Poland equalized with England. This is for World Cup 2022 qualifiers. I finally got to skate a blunt steel bar this weekend. i 've never skated around rail, never slappyed on a round rail. And shout out to Matt Price of Golden Hour. Uh, finally got to skate with him. We actually got to meet in person and we skated, and he bought out the, the blunt steel bars, and it felt amazing. Also stoked on the Rick James documentary that just came out. Oh my god. If you love music, if you love debauchery, we talked about how much we all love the Bee Gees documentary. Ten times crazier. Oh my goodness. I'll give you this. Rick James almost joined Crosby Still's Nash and Young. They should have picked him. Oh wow. (laughs) He auditioned. It would have been the fuck out. Oh man. I don't think I don't think David Crosby could have handled that. (laughs) Rick James and David Crosby in the same band. That's Too much. Too much culture. And uh, finally, I'm stoked on the announcement of a box set of uh, Radiohead's Kid A and Amnesiac and a bunch of the unreleased tracks from those sessions. So finally, we get to hear what it all sounds like together. Uh, Jason, what you stoked on?
0: Stoked on Venture Trucks out of San Francisco, California. Along those lines, they just dropped a video called Space Is Only Noise with a bunch of the SF team like Mike Anderson, Eddie Kronicki, those guys, a couple of DS guys, pretty sick. Also stoked on, as Mike mentioned earlier, the DCX Sabotage video. I mean, we've said it chapter and reverse on this podcast like 100 times. Big fans of those guys. Uh, Jameer continues to level up. I think his part is like 98% switched or something. It is yeah. mostly switched. So, yeah, he's continuing to uh, you know, level up, become a pro hopefully someday. Also stoked on uh, the latest episode of the Joe Budden podcast where he talks about, you know, the relationship with Michael K. Williams. Um, dude, over the past couple of days, I must have read, seen on Twitter, Instagram, like hundreds of, you know, Michael K. Williams posts and that kind of thing. Yeah. But like, this was the best one. Um, it tripped me out when he passed away because like when The Wire came out, I, my kids are really young. So like whenever I would feed them in the middle of the night or whatever, I'd like throw an episode of the wire, throw a couple of episodes of the wire. You know what I mean? That's how I made it through the first first couple of seasons. I think I started with season three, then four, then went back to one and two. But yeah, shout out that guy. And yeah, Rescue's Mount Gay Williams definitely a fucking legend.
2: actually All right. Legend. Yeah.
0: Not- Everyone always says yeah, he's a legend, but this guy was a like a fucking legend, dude. Anyway, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check motoskateboarding.net for the links to things we talked about today and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with
2: us all week online. Patrick, where can the people find you? Y'all can find me on Twitter at Colonel K Speaks uh, or on Instagram at P Kegongo. I don't know. I'm still chilling with Clubhouse. Like I'm I'm occasionally listening and people are are wiling on Clubhouse. Really? (laughs) Because they
0: have Twitter spaces now, which is the same function.
2: Yeah, I think it's just people talking to hear themselves talk. But, you know, every now and again, like, if you just need, like, a din in the background or – it's actually something hilarious to fall asleep to. (laughs) Jesus, man. you might get back on Clubhouse. (laughs) You know, like, you might just fall asleep to somebody just talking about, uh, like, so let me tell you something. Me, myself, personally, I'm an entrepreneur. And this is how – the way I look (laughs) at the world.
0: A lot of entrepreneurs on there.
2: Yeah, a lot of of entrepreneurs, a lot of crypto, and um, a lot of uh, health, wellness, and beauty, which – big fan of. Mike, where can the people find you on the internet?
1: Still haven't actually gone on Clubhouse, though I'm there, apparently. Uh, Where I mostly out is Twitter and Instagram. I've got the same handle for both. M. Munzenreiter. Jason, where are you on the internet?
0: On Twitter, at Carberry1994. On Instagram, at Night. And writing stuff for quartersnacks.com. Working on it. Got a couple things in the got a couple of coals in the fire there, so working on it.
2: Hype, hype, hype! Shout State. out to the Snack Man. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah! Shout out that guy. So yeah, keep checking for that. It's either this month or fourth quarter. All right, we'll see you guys
2: next week. Later. Be safe.
0: Hell oh, yeah, that was fun.
2: All right, great job, y'all. Good, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I like well. that welcome,
3: Templeton. <laughs>